This week's edition of the Australian News Desk for the Airplane Geeks podcast is brought to you by Oz Runways, Australia's leading electronic flight bag for iPad. For your free 30-day trial, visit ozrunways.com today. Oz Runways, know where you're going. And by the Blue Tutu Project, a fundraising effort supporting the vital work of Beyond Blue in tackling the stigma of mental health issues such as depression. Help the team reach their fundraising goal as they prepare to take on the Kokoda Track in 2016. Visit australiadesk.net slash blue tutu and find out what the blue tutu is all about. Be awesome. The didgeridoo means it's time for the Australia News Desk. Here's two of the craziest guys we could find south of the equator. It's Steve Vischer and Grant McHaren from the Plain Crazy Down Under podcast. Three, two, one. Where did I put that manual? Where did I put that? Oh, here it is. Can't okay. get that hard, mate. Well, I got to get it right. It's been so long. Okay, I got it. I got it. Here we go, mate. Dateline: twelfth of October, two thousand and fifteen. G'day, mate. Oh well, g'day, mate, and welcome back, and welcome back, everybody, to the Australia Desk for this week's episode number three seventy two. Now, Grant, uh, it's been a long time since you've been on the Oz Desk lately due to various and sundry reasons. But uh, I guess first question is, how is the boy genius Nikolai? We remember last <laughs> week that uh, he was uh, not too well, and as we were recording last week, ATC Ben and I, well, you were, you and he were in the hospital. I guess That's one of you right, was mate. sick. Yeah, well, you know, everyone knows I'm sick, but uh, yeah, it was uh, an interesting day. Let's put it that way. Um, into hospital from a friend's place via via um, ambulance. Uh, we meet him there. Everything's checked out okay. Comes back home. Things go wrong again. Back in another ambulance and uh, for an overnight and more observations. And uh, yeah, there was a couple of hairy moments during the night, but otherwise all okay. And you know, the next day he's fine and he's released back to us after lots of scans and tests and things like that. Some some medication and things like that. And the little buggers ride as rain. He's back at school and getting ready for end of high school exams as if nothing <laughs> happened exactly oh, you gotta love kids. <laughs> meanwhile twitch 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 <laughs> <laughs> anyway well it's good to know that he's okay let's move on to uh, aviation news mate and uh, well of course uh, here in australia we're coming up rather rapidly on the uh, fire season of course uh, summer for us uh, you know spans the end of the year and the start of the new year of course and uh, it normally gets rather hot here so we have a lot of firefighting aircraft now with the uh, ever-increasing popularity of remotely piloted aircraft, and particularly recreational ones, well, the Civil Aviation Safety Authority has decided it's time to intervene and uh, just to put out the message that you need to keep those away from our firefighting aircraft, otherwise, well, they can't get up and fight fires. That's the one, mate. Yeah, as you said, we're coming into our fire season and all indications are it's going to be a doozy this year. Uh, We've got uh, quite a large uh, El Nino forming in the Pacific Ocean and uh, already all the indicators are there that we're going to have uh, bit of a dry, hot kind of summer, uh, which depending on just how much uh, undergrowth and foliage is around, could lead to some rather massive forest fires and uh, scrub fires. We've already had one at Lance Field, a uh, controlled burn off just before a massively hot period. We had an unseasonably warm stretch for a while and uh, right about the time of the grand final long weekend. And sure enough, it got out of control and it's destroyed a couple of houses and taken out vast areas of scrubland and so on. And uh, yeah, this is in spring. It hasn't even started the summer. So we've got a couple of DC-10 tankers. I believe there is a second one coming. We did report on one arriving recently. Uh, a whole horde of air cranes, um, 
the helicopters. Uh, there's all sorts of stuff. I believe the uh, Colson C-130 is coming back as well. So uh, going to be a, a pretty busy uh, pretty busy season for them by all indications. We're all hoping that it's not and that they have a boring time doing nothing, but uh, all the indications are that it's going to be full on. And of course, while the guys are working, uh, um, if you're flying your drone taking photos, as everyone discovered in the US, uh, they can't work. And that means uh, you can lose even more houses and more cars and roads and so on, as was seen in the uh, bushfire season in the US. Uh, they, the drones were operating and they took all the aircraft out of the air. So CASA doesn't want that happening down here and neither do the rest of us. You know, I would hope that they uh, they really uh, do get into a big public awareness campaign about this. Of course, it's not going to get through to everybody, unfortunately. But according to this article here in AustralianAviation.com.au says uh, that the Civil Aviation Safety Authority is working with the National Aerial Firefighting Centre to raise awareness of the dangers of having drones near bushfire effects areas so i tell you what folks if uh, you know your local listeners and you've got one of these aircraft just just keep them away from uh, firefighting aircraft i can tell you as an ex-firefighter I've, I've been on the fire line of bushfires and those those aircraft are a godsend i've got to tell you oh they certainly are mate uh, the only time you want to be right underneath one when they drop is when you're on fire <laughs> exactly right mate exactly right hopefully they won't cause too much havoc these uh, remote piloted aircraft but uh you know obviously um if they do uh, catch the people uh, that are interfering with uh, firefighting efforts hopefully that they will be uh, prosecuted and that'll send a very clear message to well most people unfortunately yeah all. but the people who do, uh, unfortunately a lot of the times the people who do it either just don't think it applies to them because hey i've just got a little one or they have never read the newspapers, they don't listen to TV, and they're just out there having some fun and hoping to get some photos. Mm, that they can send to the television stations, ironically. That they don't listen to, yes. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay, Grant, moving on to comedy. <laughs> I, see hey. article, I see here in the comedy section of uh, Australian Aviation that Alan Joyce has been named C- airline CEO of the century or something. Yeah, just excuse me while I have a... <laughs> Sorry, just a reaction there, mate. Yeah, look, because of the massive turnaround of Qantas, Joyce has received Airline CEO of the Year. Uh, This is from CAPA, the Centre for Aviation, currently holding a World Aviation Summit in Helsinki, where they have also named Ethiopian Airlines as the Airline of the Year and Indian carrier Indigo as the low-cost Airline of the Year. Oh, and also um, Budapest Airport as the Airport of the Year. So uh, they've spread the love quite a bit, and they've also given Qantas the award for Turnaround of the Year. This is all because Qantas has gone from we're dying, we need the government to prop us up, uh, help us, help us, to suddenly, oh, look, we've uh, got everything back. Uh, We haven't quite got our um, credit rating back, but we've cleared a lot of hassle out and, um, yeah, we're profitable and um, we're going to get 787-9s. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. There you go, Grant. I I knew you'd appreciate me bringing that one up, knowing how much you love (laughs) Alan Joyce. Oh, look. You know, as I've said a number of times, once he stopped faffing around with the showboating and the silliness and probably trying to give uh, his mate uh, Leary a run for his money over at Ryanair, things started working again. I mean, of course, they also slashed a whole lot of jobs. That cuts a lot of uh, cost once you get over the severance payments. Um, Fuel has dropped dramatically. So if they weren't hedged, which I believe they weren't, uh, they are making a fortune on uh, reduced fuel costs and a number of other things, uh, including changed work conditions for those who are left and everything has helped uh, plump up the profit and the bottom line. But a lot of that is short term. Uh, You can do a lot of that kind of stuff and plump up the bottom line for a year or two. But long term, how does your foundation go and what happens from there? So look, you know, 
give him some credit. He's uh, managed to actually turn into an airline CEO for once. Uh, I will give him that. And once he stopped faffing around, everything came right. But I don't know that it's all been his incredible effects. I think there's been a lot of luck in there and some short-term work as well. well. I guess at the risk of losing a couple of very good contacts over there at Kappa, I would say that they have traditionally, uh, at least it seems to me, been quite pro-Alan Joyce right the way through. So in, in some ways, this doesn't surprise me. But uh, Grant, you did mention there about them uh, taking on 787s, and that's only a couple of years away now before their 787 9s come on stream. And speaking of Alan Joyce, he's been talking to the media at, uh, in fact, he's been talking to Air Transport World and said that uh, they're still considering running Australia to the UK direct. That would be one heck of a long flight. About 18 hours, mate, Perth, London direct, but it cuts out the middleman of the Middle East. Um, you don't have to stop at Dubai or Abu Dhabi or Qatar or places like that. But, uh, you know, you still, if you're trying to get to Sydney or Melbourne or Brisbane even, you still have to stop and change aircraft, but at least you're doing it then in Australia. So for some people who don't really want to go through the Middle East, it's an option. Uh, it's an 18-hour flight, and then you've got, a say, two hours in Perth, and then another three, so say 23 hours. Guess what? That's still a little bit quicker than doing London Heathrow via Dubai in many cases. It is rather a technicality, though, mate, when they say non-stop from Australia. That's true, but it's still one stop because if you're going to fly from, say, Sydney to Perth, there's four or five hours, and then you're going to land there, refuel, yeah, 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 but, refuel the bird, mate, and if, then it's non-stop from Australia to the UK. Yeah, 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 but if you live in Perth, it's fantastic. It is great. In fact, I wouldn't mind living in Perth myself, but uh, anyway, that's another story. Oh, well, now that the mining booms come off, we'll see, what, see how... Uh, good the, the country really is over there. Have, oh, sorry, Jonesy, don't kill me for that. They have a very good <laughs> rail system over there. Oh, well, that's that's everything then. <laughs> well, it is for me. It's the only thing I know besides podcasting. <laughs> All aboard. All aboard indeed. Well, that's everything we have for you on this week's Australia DST. It's good to get back and do this as a team, buddy. We haven't done this for a while. I know, I know. It feels like it's been a month or so, what with taxes and health and going flying and recovering and everything. It's been pretty full on. Yeah, we better have a rest. Until next week, I'm Steve Vischer. And I'm still Grant McCarran, folks. It hasn't changed. I'm still here. It's really me. All right, shut up then. Cheers, folks. <laughs> Southern Skies. Online media.